G'day and welcome to the Head Shepherd Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Ferguson, CEO here at Next Agri. I've worked in livestock research, farming and breeding for over 25 years. I've been very fortunate to see a lot of amazing places and meet a lot of wonderful people throughout that career. I'm reminded every day of just how awesome the livestock industry really is. It really is a great pleasure to bring you the stories and wisdom of the people in the industry via the Head Shepherd Podcast. This podcast is supported by our good friends at Allflex and MSD Animal Health, who are guided by the one mission of the science of healthy and productive animals. With these two companies now combined, they have one of the widest product portfolios in Australasia with a comprehensive lineup from the Cooper's range of animal health products through to the ID and monitoring solutions that, that Allflex are famous for. Their products are all backed up by their exceptional service, and we're thrilled to continue to have their support in bringing you this podcast each week. Well, we've made it to season seven. Amazing to have come this far. If I could ask a couple of small favours before we get underway this week, if you could rate this podcast in the app that you're listening to it in, that would be fantastic. Also, if you know someone that you think would enjoy what we do here, please share the show links with them. Finally, if you are listening to this podcast, you're probably a big fan of Livestock Farm. We're setting up the Next Gen Agri Hub to be the home of livestock farming conversations. Check it out at thehub.nextgenagri.com. Okay, it's time for this week's guest. Welcome back to Head Shepherd. We are very fortunate today to have Sarah Perrin with us. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you very much for having me. Sarah, you're uh, obviously a big personality in, in New Zealand agriculture. Some people outside of NZ uh, may not have come across you before, so it'd be great to just, I guess, get your background in what you're interested in agriculture. We'll start with anyway. Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, just like a lot of people listening, grew up on a sheep and beef high country station in central Otago. Um, so, yeah, grew up around Merino since the day I was born. And um, the, my uncle John was a big part of the establishment of New Zealand Merino back in the day. And so I've sort of been around and observed the progression of the industry through that lens. And I always had a creative bent at school um, and at boarding school was sort of told not to go into the agricultural industry. And it was through meeting my partner, former partner, that he had a production company and was making TV shows uh, that was specifically for country TV on Sky that I sort of plunged with no degree in either agriculture or broadcasting and sort of self-taught filming, editing, uh, producing, directing and formed about five or six years of my late 20s. We lived on the road and the hospitality of rural New Zealand to open up their doors. Um, it was just awesome to make all that television and then led from there into doing radio in my early 30s with MediaWorks and and sort of really loved the audio format. So now I have my own show, Serious Country, which is broadcast uh, across po- podcast platforms and I run a production company still just based out of Christchurch. Awesome. Thank you. That's, uh, yeah, I guess we're all, yeah, we all have a passion for ag if we've grown up with it and yeah, John up there at Bendigo Stations at a big part of the Merino industry and a big personality in the Merino industry in his own right. The um, Yeah, so I guess if we just explore more about your current roles, there's different things you do. Um, obviously, Sarah's Country is a big part of it, but I, I see your name mentioned around emceeing various stuff and, and sort of being a connector, I guess, and a storyteller across ag. Yeah, I think it kind of comes with it when someone says, oh, you've got this ability to communicate or storytell and then 
you get dragged into lots of different events and projects and it's a lot of fun and you sort of start to develop and find your voice after a while around you know what's important to you and which type of areas and topics you want to drive but uh, I really enjoy being at the pointy end of where the future of uh, New Zealand Ag is going and the huge challenges internationally so a combination of my day-to-day is both producing content for Serious Country but also working alongside my agricultural clients who I help support them to create their own shows and therefore uh, elevate a lot of the wonderful research and science to get um, into farmers' cabs and tractors because, um, yeah, there's just so much, as you know, Mark, to, to be able to try and consume and everybody's busy. So, yeah, it's a real combination. Yeah, cool. And I think, yeah, I guess we've, uh, yeah, I guess audio has been awesome for us and as it has been for you, kind of meshing with a busy work day is pretty cool in a, in a podcast format. It means that we get uh, most of the people I think that listen to us probably don't have time to sit around and watch a video or, or read, read an article, but have got time to be in the ear on the way to the school bus or the way to bring them over sheep in or whatever, whatever our listeners are doing. But it's pretty, it's pretty, it's been, yeah, it's been awesome to continue to discover the, the power of podcasting, I suppose. I guess one thing that clients would be interested in and something I'm interested in is branding and the importance of strong branding and, and storytelling in agriculture. What are, you, what's your, what are your thoughts there? Well, I mean, it's sort of storytelling has been an evolution of humans over so many centuries, our way of passing on information. And I feel like there's been a period of time there where we've as an industry and also as a scientific community towards farmers have sort of had a, you just need to find the time to understand us. It's not our fault. You don't get us. And I really noticed that when I was sort of knee deep in a liberal newsroom of News Hub and leading into that 2017 election, they don't know what they don't know. And so therefore then that comes back to us taking the ownership back over our poor storytelling. If it's got to that point where we've lost our social license that government's regulating us on the stuff. So it's something that we actually need to harness and put a lot of funding and support around because no one is going to just understand you, particularly in this noisy, busy world of content. And, being able to uh, relate and be on the same level and communicate at the level where that person is in their knowledge, I think is really important. It's not about trying to prove how much you know when you're storytelling. And I mean, you watch some incredible farmers when young urban kids come on to their farm, they just transform and they meet them at that level. And they're the fantastic storytellers. Farmers have forever been fantastic storytellers. But there's been a real disconnect in whose role it is to tell that story. I feel. Yeah, cool. The um, yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. The there are some great stories amongst our uh, amongst the people we work with, and I often wish we could press record on some conversations. But um, yeah, it's uh, there's some fantastic people out there that have a strong passion and a great way of telling telling their story. You would spend more time than most sort of immersed in in interviewing people and. And understanding people, what do you think that the current challenges that, that we're sort of facing that are going to actually have a, a significant impact on the future of New Zealand agriculture and probably world agriculture? Which ones are going to be the big ones? Well, I mean, yeah, I do live in sort of the world of global signals, mega trends, and the 
people that I'm interviewing are really focusing on how we're going to farm in a world of reduction of inputs. That is being consumer-led, that movement. It's not just because somebody thought it was a great idea and has merit in some ways. There is a lot of uh, going back to farming how we used to as well. And and so I think a lot of those conversations are coming back to sharing more complex knowledge around understanding that we're dealing with a living ecosystem and it's not really that straightforward and that we actually don't really know everything about nature. We're still learning all the time. So I feel that there's still a huge amount of work to do and both communicating the great work that puts New Zealand and Australian ag ahead of the game, but also at the same time, we do need to remember that we are so small in the scheme of global food production and so therefore if we're doing x and expect everybody to know about it and pay us a premium we've got a a a big road ahead of us to be able to achieve that so I think keeping things in context is something I try really hard to do in serious country we can get really in our own silo eco chamber talking to ourselves telling ourselves we're amazing but at the end of the day the fundamentals still need to be there and that ultimately is the end consumer and also farming in the face of a changing climate as well is so much to balance so never run out of content that's for sure exactly i think i'll never forget the time we we're in palo alto in silicon valley and with some kiwi farmers and one of the jobs we had to do was go out and interview randoms on the street and talk about what they knew about new zealand agriculture basically and i think everyone was taken back about how little they knew about that we even existed <laughs> and so everyone expects that of course, you know what New Zealand high country farmers do or whatever, but for the majority of people, no one actually had a clue that we even somebody out there. Hey, I think the coolest story I ever got told was Emma Subtle on a subway in New York, and she said it was so cool to see people wearing all bird shoes with the wool from her high country station in New Zealand. And I said, why didn't you reach out and tell them? And she's like, oh, I was too scared. And it's like, these are the moments that they'll never forget, you know? Yeah, yeah for sure. I guess on the glass half full side, what are the what are the opportunities that we're starting to see? What are the trends that are occurring that you think are going to be the ones that, that really will offer a positive change? Well, I've been a big critic of how we don't collaborate very well within our industry. And I'd actually hand on heart say I've seen that changing. And I think that with the power of collaboration, a crop pan sector, and and also starting to bring on board and hear other ideas, that we've actually come to a place of realizing not one company or science scientist has all the answers, and I think that's what will take us forward, and that's what I'm most excited about. There is a lot of opportunity, I believe, if we can actually harness this discussion around what is regenerative agriculture and how it can actually elevate uh, both the you know the ecological health of our land but also to meet that consumer where they want to be met and so I think that we're starting to mature in that conversation and I think that's really exciting the fact that we've found something we're all so passionate about that is actually aligned so much with our values and our identity that it's up to us now to be to choose not to feel attacked by that and so I think that's a huge opportunity And uh, I think we just need to really start to remember that these numbers of people that New Zealand particularly are feeding or clothing is so small that we really have a huge amount of work to break down our existing long supply chain and relook at that. 
So every single challenge I'm seeing, there is these incredible entrepreneurs, innovative people that are leading the way on every single challenge with some pretty awesome solutions. And I think we've also started in that innovation to realize that New Zealand's very much a test market and we're actually building stuff here that needs to scale for a global agricultural sector and our opportunity to actually export our farm systems is huge. So yeah, I think we're starting to all get our head around it. That That's what I'm excited about. Yeah, you make a really good point around collaboration and I think we sort of, I guess, have the, have the honour of running a trans-Tasman business and I often see science being replicated on both sides of the ditch without the necessary collaboration that could save a whole lot of resource and actually end up one plus one equals three. Uh, yeah, and I think that's probably occurs across all of our sectors and I'm not going to profess to be any better than anyone else on that front. We need to all get, get better on collaboration and we are farming in, and operating in a ever, ever reducing sort of resource usage that we should be trying to achieve anyway. We should be trying to reduce our, our net impact and, and the more we collaborate, the less we're going to have wastage and, and repeating the stuff that's been done anyway. So, yeah, I think there's a massive point there. I find it incredibly frustrating that we keep saying to ourselves that if the science hasn't been done in New Zealand, it's not relevant. Um, whereby there's parts of science that can be relevant regardless. And uh, I do a lot of work with Foundation for Arable Research and they're really collaborative across the ditch with the Australians and note that, you know, Australians are the most water efficient producers in the world. And how can we not learn from that? There's so much in that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and there's, there's just so many equivalents across everything that we do that there's people trying to achieve the same thing. As you said before, we're not actually... Together, we don't actually produce that, <laughs> that much stuff. We could collaborate and not, not necessarily compete. One of the things I like to ask on the podcast is your favourite day on the job or the favourite part of your job. I've given you a little bit of warning on that, so you might have come up with something. But... <sighs> Do I choose just one? <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't have to. Um, I absolutely love being involved in emceeing at events where people are being awarded or and put on a pedestal for work that they just toil away at and don't regard as special. I've, I've been with many speechless award winners and that's just so special. It just, it just screams the Kiwi spirit and nature and culture of how we would like to just get on with it and not um, like the attention. So that's a really special part of my job as well as just that, you know, early morning or sunset out on farm and you know you've got some beautiful money shots that is just going to go down so well or a, a comment that a farmer said that you know is going to resonate with the audience and actually someone's going to take action and, and take up that idea. So it's it's those little gems that I absolutely love, yeah. Yeah, no, that's a cool answer. And I think I guess one thing we try and I'm often talking about, I don't know how, much, how well we do, but that humble aspect of maybe it's just ag or maybe it's Kiwis and Aussies generally, but how do we sort of move through the, the tall poppy syndrome and the, I can't remember who said it, but it was sort of we're destined to be average because we kind of kick the people that aren't doing a very good job and kick the people that are doing a very good job and so we end up just wanting to be in the middle. Have you got any thoughts on how we sort of move to, a, I guess, a bit more where we're maybe a little bit less humble and a bit more celebrating those, those successes that we see? I believe that it's not necessarily the said person that may 
someone off their pedestal. It's the culture around that person that enables that behavior. And so we'll change that the day people around that call that out and actually say, nah, mate, you know, that guy does really deserve that credit. Or I wouldn't say that. That's not fair. And I really think that that's a real weakness of the Kiwi culture. Yeah, that's tidy up some of that. As well said, and I guess it's the same can be said for all of flaws in society if it takes someone to stand up and, and actually call it out when it occurs so that clear otherwise everyone thinks they're on the same page with everyone and, and we all just continue to sit within our confirmation bias and, and do what we've always done. Yeah, I mean, I think the last however long, five plus years with the attention on rural mental health has actually given us all a rude wake-up call, which has been deserved to the fact that we all are responsible in that. Because, I mean, you think of you think of the dynamics in a country pub and you've got your confident stock agent and your you know confident farmer and then you've got a couple of people coming through the ranks that are really trying to learn. And all it takes for some of those young fellas is a couple of knocks, you know. So, yeah, it would be a strong message I'd like to put out there. Just be careful of your words, and if you aren't happy with what's going on, just call it out. Yeah, no, that's a really, really good point. For those, uh, this is your opportunity to give a, a plug to, to, to what you do. For those who aren't currently following what you do, and I don't know how, I'm assuming people outside New Zealand can get access to Sarah's country. I'm not sure about that, but. 25% of my audience is global. Cool, awesome. Great. And I think what's really cool is I'm assuming um, that there's a lot of people following what New Zealand Ag's talking about because we are leading a lot of the conversations and and quite progressive in the way that we think. Yeah, so so I'm I'm really, really stoked that that's sort of and, – and, and that, how cool is this about the way that media's moved? I mean, I've been in the traditional TV, the traditional radio, and I just don't think I'd ever go back because it's too constraining to one thing that just absolutely motivates me, which is knowledge extension. And if you've got barriers to that extension because of the gatekeepers of that, who owns that platform, it's not going to achieve what we need to achieve. Yeah, cool. Great. So – on all the platforms, they just search Sarah's Country and they'll find you? Yep, and seriouscountry.com and on social. And, um, yeah, sporadically putting out episodes um, either between one and three in a, a week, depending on what's going on. But, yeah, it's really fun. We're knee-deep in freshwater policy and Hawaka Ekenoa greenhouse gas emissions at the moment. That's fun. <laughs> Excellent. That sounds like fun. The um, yeah, so we'll yeah thoroughly recommend the audience go and go and check you out, and uh, and we'll make sure we put links in the show notes so that they can they can find you. Thank you so much, Mark. I really appreciate catching up. That's no, been been great. I'm I'm sitting here in a Subaru and in Dunkeld in Victoria, talking to you, who's not that far away from where my house and family are right now. But anyway, that's that's how it rolls. But yeah, no, it's been great to catch up, and congratulations on all the work you've done so far, and look forward to continuing to follow along and um yeah we'll uh, catch up one day when we're both in the right part of the world absolutely and congratulations i get so much feedback on on the head shepherd as well um as one of the most listened to podcasts or all podcasts so it's awesome to to be together on this cool thanks sarah all the best cheers thanks for listening to the head shepherd podcast if you enjoy listening in each week please take a moment to subscribe 
or even give us a review. That would be fantastic. And if you do get a moment to share it with your networks, we'd also love that so that we can share these great stories with more people. Thanks again to our friends at Allflex for sponsoring this episode. Allflex are wonderful supporters of the Australian and New Zealand livestock industries. Combined now with MSD Animal Health, they offer one of New Zealand and Australia's largest livestock product portfolios, focused on animal health and management, all backed up by that exceptional service. We really do enjoy our long-term association with Allflex and thank them very much for, for again supporting us with bringing this podcast to you.